Hello, this is episode 304 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Nisha Riley. So, I wasn't going to record a podcast this week because it's so overwhelming. And then I wrote out some notes this morning and I sat down to record a podcast. There's a storm howling in the background, as usual. And one of the things I notice that whenever I speak from a place that maybe everyone else isn't speaking from, that often I will have the most horrendous technical glitches. So sometimes when a podcast is 10 minutes long, it's funny what can go into trying to record those 10 minutes. And so I had to completely ditch the original audio because it's just just glitches after glitches. And I'm going to watch this one really closely and hope to catch it if it it crashes again. And it's interesting, since I recorded the Freedom of Speech podcast, ironically, and announced the extended podcast on my Patreon, I find that my podcast has been deranked. I've lost a substantial number of listeners. So if you think that people should be listening to my podcast, perhaps share it with them, because I don't think it's going to come up as a suggested podcast anytime soon. One of the things that we don't talk about in the world is the power of algorithms. So this podcast is on the two sides. The fact that we, as humanity, still move from two sides. In what's been unfolding in the last two weeks, what I see is that everyone has a place of importance in this. No one is trying to take themselves out of it. And even yesterday, when I went to try to find a quote to share for International Women's Day, if you sit down and you think about who to share in terms of who's trying to take themselves out of their work, who's trying to just leave something better behind without the need of them, you'll find that you have a very short list. Everyone wants to play war games here, whether they're economic or otherwise. Why don't we just arrest someone who doesn't care about the lives of other people? Why do we have the Hague? Why do we always use it as a retrospective platform? Is there not enough evidence? We never seem to go for accountability. We only ever go for reactive. And we're banking on the fact that someone who has so far demonstrated that they don't care about other people's lives, that they're going to be upset about the misery of sanctions. But what we're really doing is trying to make them lose face. I sit there and I think, have we ever left the payground? Everyone has their own agenda with this. To put this in context, both countries have mandatory military service. I've been horrified by the fact that males between the ages of 18 and 60 have been unable to leave. They're not allowed to cross the borders. And many of those that have been sent in are 18 and 19, with no experience and no choice. A key reason why people want to come to Europe is because we lack compulsory military service. And I started reading a book called The Crossing. I'll put a link to it in the description. And if you want to know why clinging to a life raft to cross the channel seems a lesser of two evils, this is the book for you. It's a very accessible book. It's written in a poetry style. There's two main characters. There's one teen girl based in the UK and an African teen 
trying to flee compulsory military camp. And where one person's thoughts end kind of in, in bold text, the other person's stream of consciousness takes up. It's a very clever book, and it's very easy to read. And if you're looking for a book to do with teenagers to explain migration and what people flee, it's a really good choice. But right now, I can't cope with it. So I'm also reading a vampire slayer novel set in New York, which is a first for me. I've never read a vampire book in my life. But somehow that's what I need right now. When I was in school on a German exchange, my German classmates were still facing 12 months compulsory military service. And I thought I'd hallucinated that, so I had to go and check it this morning. I told you there's these gremlins of glitch. So mandatory military service ended in Germany in 2011, 1st of July 2011. And I remember this conversation I had with somebody who was going to choose to spend 12 months working in a mortuary instead of doing active military training. And it's kind of like, what a choice. But those are the sort of benefits to being a part of Europe. Those are the sort of flexibilities that we take for granted. And you only have to look at how puffed up each leader is as they announce the sanctions. Everyone's filled with need in this. We're here simply because we have resource needs. And this is only the beginning. I remember having a conversation 20 years ago on the fact that as we started to run out of resources, we would end up fighting for them. We've never cared what we used. We've never cared what happens next. We've never cared about upcycling or recycling. We've never cared about what happens when it runs out. How many humans are trying to work their way out of being needed in their own work? And how many humans are really trying to not leave a footprint behind them? The images that we've been seeing for two weeks are like giant stamp marks of need. And everything is based in the privilege of where you're born. And in some cases, that's been created for you by what your families have gone through to give you that opportunity. And I know families on both sides who've done that for their children so that they have a different future and they have different choices. But it's extraordinary to me in all that's available to us as people that we can only ever think of two sides, that we can only ever think about being on one side or the other.